Hello, and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer, usually, except we're once again taking a, a summer break here. A little bit late in the month, but, you know, it's pretty hot out there right now. It's the perfect time to head down to the beach for the Summer of Love Beach Party podcast, you know, break where we talk about movies that aren't science fiction and fantasy. Anyway, my name is Joel. <laughs> My name is Sarah. My name is Aaron. I'm on a ten foot wave Whoa. surfing. Wait, isn't doesn't, doesn't our theme song have that already? <laughs> it's probably that already. Ah, yeah. The movie this week is Young Guns, 1988, from uh, directed by Christopher Kane, starring Emilio Estevez, Kiefer Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips, Charlie Sheen, Dermot Mulrooney, Casey Simasco, Terrence Stamp, Jack Palance, Terry O'Quinn. I just see, I could stop, but I just want to get all them famous. Look at all those famous people, all those people. Yeah. They're young. They are young, and there are a lot of guns in this movie. And there are a lot of guns. So you can say that you get exactly what you're promised by the title. Yeah. If nothing else. <laughs> the this ten hmm? was your pick. It was my pick for the summer, the summertime uh, non-science fiction fantasy movie pick. When I was a kid, we watched Young Guns 2 a lot. Uh, I, I think it was like something, you know, taped off of HBO or something like that. And I, I remember scenes and I remember it. Um, I don't want to spoil how that movie ends because we're talking about the first one. But let's just say it's not, not the happiest ending. And that was like mind blowing to me as a kid. Like, whoa, drama, stuff like that. And I knew that. Usually, the first movie is better than the sequel. So, I was like, I'd never seen Young Guns 1, so let's watch it for this. And I kept I kept going like, all right, where's John Bon Jovi? When's he going to come in? Any second. That song must be from the first movie, right? Oh, my gosh. I didn't know you hadn't seen this movie before. No. This is, this is my first time viewing This was well. my first time, Well, dude. you didn't really know about it, did you, Aaron? I had no clue. Yeah. This oh, is definitely not. I mean, I, I like to think that... You know, I, I've seen a few westerns in my, my time, sure. uh, but but this is definitely one that uh, just you know I just never saw. I mean, two, I saw Tombs. I've seen Tombstone multiple times. You know, and me too. Some some John Wayne classic ones I've seen. Mm -hmm. Genghis Khan, right? The western. Right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> the Conqueror. <laughs> You've seen the Conqueror? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Maverick, Tombstone, uh, what's that, Wyatt Earp. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Kurt Russell. Is he in Wyatt Earp? Tombstone. Or I, is he Wyatt Earp in Tombstone? He is. he is Wyatt Earp in Tombstone. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, I've never seen Wyatt Earp. That's like... That's Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Mm -hmm. Dances with Wolves. Yes. Yeah, I've seen a lot of 
those, but this one, I guess, came out when we were, like, seven. Yeah, it must have been. You know, it would have been on tape, you know, we were, like, eight or nine. That's why I picked it. I was looking for movies that I would have seen when I was around nine or ten. And I was like, well, I didn't see this one specifically, but I was like, this is a chance to watch something I hadn't seen before. But I got, I, just to go back to what I said, I'm actually quite disappointed there was not the John Bon Jovi because I was like, okay, I was like, yeah. Aaron doesn't know about this movie, man. He's, he's going to be like, oh, yeah, it's got to be in there. And even Sarah was like, oh, you know what this movie has in it? Wanted, wanted. You know, it's not, it wasn't there. Instead, we had a score that had a bunch of digital guitar and saxophone. Uh, I mean, electric drums. I liked the score, guys. <laughs> I, I know. If you don't, that's fine. That's fine. Let me let me get a little praise out for your first here. But I, I don't know. I just I I don't think I've seen a western quite like that. No, uh, where they've had guitar, sick guitar riffs like for moments. And so it was it was it was a new experience for me. Yeah, I'm not going to say it was good, but I liked it. Yeah. So what did you think about this movie if you hadn't seen it before? What do you mean, like before I saw it or now? Both. Well, you said you've seen the sequel, right? Yeah, I've seen the sequel a bunch of times. Okay. Yeah. How does it add up, though? Like, as far as this one's concerned? I mean, based on my memories, I think I like the sequel more, but okay. that's not necessarily, you know, the, you know the way memories work from sure. when you were a kid. Uh, I, I feel like the music was a big part of it, and yeah. that's why I was getting into it. Like, these are young kids. We're going to have some... Like, I mean, obviously, they didn't do old-style score for the, the thing. They they went with a more modern score for the 80s, I guess. But, um, I mean, I still thought the movie was... It was pretty okay. I, I wasn't blown away or anything like that. The, it felt kind of... So, sometimes the scenes felt like haphazard, like they were rushing through to like to get to certain events in Billy the Kid's history and the the people that were around him and stuff like that. And so it's like, oh, this happened. Oh, and then they they and then this happened. Oh, they were running around. They shot some people. Oh, wait, they got to stop in the desert. Take some peeling. <laughs> like, wait, I I don't know. I agree with you. There, it it feels it feels a bit unbalanced in that regard. In that regards, uh, not to say that's bad. Oh no 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 no! It was it was a fun movie, very very enjoyable movie for sure. I mean, I don't think I had the highest opinion of Billy the Kid to begin with, but now I'm like, dude's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> straight up sociopath, like <laughs> just killing people without a care. Yeah. Laughing about it. Yeah. Like, it's it's hard to be sympathetic with his character because he just, in the beginning, all that, you know, that group is already kind of a family around Terrence, uh, Terrence Stamp's, like, home farm, right? And then he just kind of comes out of nowhere. And it, I feel like that's the, that started the whole ball rolling. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it was supposed to be like the, you know, the greedy landowner, Jack Palance showing up. Stay out, you know, stay out of the cattle business, Aaron. I will definitely stay out of the cow business. What'd you think of it? Um, I thought it was kind of boring. Mm. I actually, um, I mean, I like Western movies a little bit, but um, I don't get the, like, thrill out of them that I do out of some adventure and some action movies. 
Mm-hmm. Um, depending on the writing and the way the music is and stuff, like I, I feel like the mood can feel a certain way if the and and the way the movie's shot. And I feel like in this one, they had a bunch of young guys that were actors and popular at the time or coming up, you know, and that I feel like maybe I saw part of this movie once. Like, I was in maybe my house and saw part of it and, like, started to get kind of bored. And then maybe my parents sent me out of the room because it's, like, violent and stuff. Yeah, yeah, a couple of moments of, like... Extreme, like... Yeah. Well, you know, I think of only one that was just, like, shockingly violent. The rest of it's, like action movie fair stuff, you know, some, somebody gets a knife in the, the side of stuff. It's not like they're squirting blood, but that one guy, Kiefer Sutherland takes a bath and, uh, and they don't really have the appropriate, I mean, he kind of has the reaction where he's just like looking around like, Oh man, look at all these dead people now. But, uh, uh, I don't know if somebody's brain splashed all over my face, I'd probably be more upset, but this is the wild west. I feel like it's not the goriest movie. I just think there's a lot of the the shootout stuff. And I mean, it is a Western movie. Mm, But um, I think Emilio Estevez did a pretty good job. But I do think in the beginning they kind of introduce him as like maybe this like naive, like nice young person for a second. And they're like, wait a minute. No, he's supposed to be crazy. And they, like, shifted, like, trying to make him look crazier and crazier. Yeah, an untrustworthy animal, you know, like, he's, hang- he's like, literally hanging out with the pigs uh, for the beginning of the movie. And, you know, he's, like, when they first kind of recruit him, he's crawling around trying to hide from somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't... I That part where they're passing around the paper, reading from it, and he, you know, eloquently reads the rest of the paper. I think it's supposed to show, like, oh, he does have this intelligence that, you know, you wouldn't be aware of because he doesn't really say much. And once he starts talking later in the movie, once he has his reason, is everything that comes out of his mouth is like, you know what? I'm just gonna go kill some people. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like there's like some character building to begin with, and then just full on cartoon, <laughs> like and by the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering about City Slickers, too, because I saw that as a kid, but I was like, I wonder, I wonder when, in, you know, in comparison to this, that happened. Well, I, I feel like that must be the 90s. Jack Palance is in that one, and he's older than he is here. I, yeah, I'm, I mean, based on what we've seen, I mean, this is, I think this is only the second Jack Palance movie we've seen. For he's, the podcast. He's always yeah. been old. <laughs> Well, that was the 80s, too. When, when I remember, did... I remember seeing City Slickers in the theater. I can't tell you what year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, rem- I, I don't know why I remember this movie, this movie-going experience so vividly. <laughs> I'm going to check to see when that came out. I don't know. I feel like he looks older in Batman, which isn't much later than this. This is the same year, 88. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, they must have, I mean, they youthed him up in the sense that his hair isn't completely white in this one. That's about it. He's got a brown mustache. 
Um, what was I going to say? Once again, was City Slickers, by the way. Mm-hmm. I've seen the sequel way more than I've seen oh, the original. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the sequel's amazing. City Slickers 2? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The... I saw one a lot more than two. Oh, man. Uh, the release date of City Slickers is 1991. Mm. July, June 7th, 1991. Okay, so the day before my sister was born... You went and saw that. No, just kidding. she was born in 88. Oh, my God. This was the year she was born. That's why we watched this movie. Everybody loved Young Guns and Robin. It makes sense. <laughs> and Batman. So I'm guessing that we know about Young Guns, too, because it was kind of like a pop culture phenomenon. Yeah. And there was the whole MTV Bon Jovi stuff that was, like, in conjunction with it. Must have been, yeah. Yeah. My older siblings must have been into it. Yeah. I think about it. I mean, look, I think about all these young studs that are in here. I mean, we, we got Emilio Estevez as yep. post-Breakfast uh, Club, right? Charlie Sheen, I'm not sure. He obviously must have. I don't think he did in Wall Street, but I could be totally wrong. I'm not sure what year that movie came out, but obviously he's he's a star, right? Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland, Os Boys, uh, uh, the bot or not the body? What's the Stand by Me? Oh yeah. He's play a creep. He's a creep. <laughs> in this movie, he's like, I'm a poet. Fall in love with me, Asian lady. They just call her China. <laughs> well, she says her name to him, but Jack Pounce is like, China, come back here, China. That that cracked me up. Not because it's terrible. It's a terrible, bad, horrible thing that he was doing. I just couldn't believe that it was happening in this movie. <laughs> it, it was the laugh out loud moment of the movie yeah. for me too. Accurate to the times. Uh, well, actually, laugh out loud moment number one. Number two might be revealing a little too much, so I don't yeah. know. If oh no, go ahead. Oh okay. Let's get into it okay, that, that was when Alexander Mick. Like what is what's a uh, oh uh, Terry O'Quinn? Terry O'Quinn's character gets gets unnecessarily. Oh my off. gosh! Yes, that was the laugh out loud moment for me. The even more amazing part of that is that the movie ends right afterwards. Yeah. Like this is not—he's not, not going to get revenge. I guess I guess they must have intended to have a sequel, but based on them having like a ending monologue where it's like this person went off and died in the Vietnam War, and this person. Became president of the United States. Bailey the Kid, of course, is known as uh, Walter White, and he made a bunch of meth. But, it, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, ceremoniously destroyed by a Gatling gun. It was <laughs> At the end of this movie, I figured they were all dead. Or, like, gonna be dead soon. Yeah. So yeah, then, absolutely. Young Guns 2, I assume, happens after this? Yes, it does. Oh, okay. And Lou Diamond Phillips is in it. Kiefer Sutherland Emilio and Emilio. Yeah. Wow. Every, return to Billy the Kid. Huh? Everyone else who dies obviously is not back there. So Okay. Dormant, Dormant Mulrooney in his disgusting tobacco-chewing face is just... Oh, that's Steve, right? He's, Steve. Yep. Yep. Dirty Steve. I looked it up. Apparently that was his character's name. Which makes sense because he's... Yeah. He's he's cowboy. But he's so like a Dermot. What do you think of when you think of Dermot Mulroney? You think of that handsome face. Think of my best friend's wedding. My wedding? Or is Aaron your best friend? Who's your best friend? (laughs) Never mind. I don't want to know. And I think um, (laughs) 
he was like the he was kind of the off character in the group. Yeah, it was him and the guy who played Charlie. Billy the Kid was supposed to be the off one in the I mean, we were kind of dumbfounded with some of the shenanigans happening in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, shoot when, first, ask questions later. The gang definitely falls in line pretty quick with some nonsense. Yeah. Absolutely. And they've all got their thing. Like, uh, Charlie Sheen's character, Dick, is trying to hold it together, which um, I, I guess it's just the, the role he, he ended up taking after her, uh, uh, Terrence Stamp gets sh- killed. But he's, I mean, he's kind of very Leonardo in that way, like trying to lead the group and not really getting people to cooperate, but not really having a personality outside of that. Yeah. And of course, well, and then people are mistaking him for Billy the Kid and putting his picture in the paper, which is funny. Uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good too. I was quite surprised that in the beginning of this movie, I heard audio that was sampled for the rap song "Regulate," because Re- "Regulate"s like my favorite rap song, or one of my favorites from when I was younger, and. Um, it's got the Michael McDonald sample or whatever in the background. And then it's got this audio, which I always assumed was from the movie that the song was for, which was Above the Rim. <laughs> and um, today I found out that the regulators that are in Young Guns kind of inspired them, I guess, because they had the audio of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew exactly when the lines were said that were sampled. Yeah. And it's cut up You're in like, the song. You're like, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Char- Charlie just said the line right there. <laughs> like, yeah, I had no idea. So that was kind of an eye-opener for me, that uh, Nate Dogg and Warren G had a Young Guns sample in their song. Maybe Young Guns was the original Scarface. You know how, like, in... Uh, Fiction, all the the rappers and, and oh, you know, whatever, lit watching Scarface because it's like, oh, that's the life. Before that, they were like, young guns, guys. Oh <laughs> well, I feel like at the end, especially not to jump ahead too much, but like. Oh, we are spoiled. I kind of wanted to <laughs> ask you about this. Um, yes. Like, I haven't seen Bonnie and Clyde. Uh-huh. But I got that vibe at the end where they were just, like, unloading on them. You know what that reminded me of was uh, L.A. Confidential. Oh, yeah. They're all pinned up in the house, and then they're, like, just blowing it away from the outside. Yeah. I mean, and I've talked to you about Bonnie and Clyde before just because I know you know something about film and, like, have looked into it. But what were they they doing by having such an over-the-top, like, shootout at the end of Bonnie and Clyde? So when Bonnie and uh, Clyde was being developed, they were still kind of in the the hold of uh, what was the Hayes Code. I don't think it was the Hayes Code at the time in the sixties when it was being made, but basically there was regulation saying that movies, you know, can't have bad guys, uh, that aren't shown to be like, this is not the life you should be leading. You can't have any sort of extreme violence or anything like that. Definitely no sexuality that, you know, insists on or insinuates that people are doing things like that. So 
they, I mean, that that's definitely part of what they were going for at the, the end of Bonnie and Clyde. To spoil that real life situation, they, the police, like, destroy the car that Bonnie and Clyde are in and they get bullet riddled. And in the movie, it's, it's a very dramatic scene, lots of gunfire, there's blood flying, you know, they're, they're tumbling out of the car. And that was also, that style was inspired by French New Wave films. Although I'm not sure specifically which French New Wave had that level of violence in it. I'm sure there is something that is referenced that way. But basically... It's like retaliation against the code? Uh, yeah. The guys who, who originally wrote the, not the script, but like the, the write-up of the movie before a screenplay was written, they weren't filmmakers. They didn't know anything other than watching movies. So they didn't know what the rules were when they wrote it. And I think from there, the, you know, the screenwriter, the director, Warren Beatty, uh, mm-hmm. had a big hand in that stuff like that. They were like, no, let's, let's go all the way. You know, we want to have the kind of dramatic ending that that had. I feel like if this movie had ended with them, you know, like wounded and going off the horse and then Terry O'Quinn and then it was like a freeze frame of Terry O'Quinn and it was like <laughs> that, that would have been more like, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, because that's the way it ends. It's just like, oh, they're all dead. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think there's a theme of like the outlaw that get that you know goes down at the end or whatever in some yeah. of these movies. It also kind of reminded me of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid for sure. I think that of all movies I've seen before, this reminded me of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid more than anything else. Absolutely, but um, I think that they. Made some of the same stylistic choices, like, by generation. Like, there were some things that happened in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid that you could tell when it was made. Like, some of the subtle things in clothing, subtle things in music. And that's kind of what happened in this, too. Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I like the idea of historical stories in movies, but sometimes it feels like you're dragging, yeah, like you're saying, dragging through these points that were, like, known. That it's like, okay, we have to get from here to here because this was when this happened or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's better when you don't have to feel like it's an assignment and you have to get through all the bullet points or something. Probably. Yeah. They, they took an interesting route of, like, trying to have some sort of historical accuracy with the the way the story was laid out when they could have just gone full stylistic you know with the some of the least uh interesting movies that I think like that American Outlaws movie I don't know if you saw that I think I saw that in the theater and it's a bunch of uh early 2000 choices that I just you know make my stomach hurt don't think I saw that one <laughs> Well, it's got a guy in it, and uh, a lady. There's guns. Mm, got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future 3 was another western I watched a lot. When sure. Was yeah. Way less violent yeah. and uh, way less, you know, gun scary stuff. That's what kid. this movie was missing. ZZ Top. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the only other violent western that I think I ever saw as a kid, even similar to this, was Tombstone. Oh, but yeah. I didn't see that until high school, to be honest with you. So that's a good. That's a movie like I could watch 
at almost any time. Oh, I love I, I'm still crazy about that. Oh, that I mean, just, that that's another powerhouse. Like we got some really awesome actors here. You know, you get your Kurt Russell, you got your Sam Elliott, you got your uh, uh, Bill Paxton. Um, you got uh, Michael Bean from the you know Terminator and the Abyss. Oh yeah, absolutely. as uh, Ringo and uh, Powers Booth, rest in peace. As you know, those just like totally evil guys. It, it, man, that's good. Amazing cast for sure. Oh, Bill and uh, mm-hmm. Oh, and Bill Paxton. All right, everybody. Oh, how much respect for these actors that were so good. Yeah. So you think you liked the sequel better than this one? Th- that's what I feel like. Okay. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. We'll have to watch the sequel and see how I feel. Okay. But uh, there's one actor we haven't. Uh, I was going through Emilio Estevez, Charlie mm-hmm. Sheen, Keith yeah. Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh yeah, has been my man crush since the uh, '80s. And uh, I just gotta say, Lou, I'd I'd love to talk to you. Maybe we can get oh. some dinner sometime. There's this episode of Psych from the first season where he plays like a FBI agent, and for some reason his character takes off his shirt, and it's just like, damn, still got it. So you're saying you want to create a link? Of course, with, he was uh, with him there. He was just in the uh, up with them, huh? The latest uh, <laughs> season of uh, what's that? Giant Bosch? No, no, uh, Goliath. Goliath. And right. uh, he wasn't looking as fit there, but you know that could just be the character he was playing. <laughs> he could have been wearing something. Yeah. So uh, here's a question: uh, Is that racist? What he was doing in this movie? I mean, we're, we're three white people. Well, I'm half Mexican, but we're mostly white people here. Uh, let, let's decide what's racist and what's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have, As is my want, usually. I have no idea, but I feel uh, like when Lou Diamond Phillips played Richie Valens in yep. La Bamba, I think La Bamba was such like a... I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but like... It was like the Selena, like before Selena. Hundred yeah. percent. Like it was yeah. like he did. He like embodied Richie Valens for that movie, and everybody loved the music. Everybody loved the. I feel like that was a pop culture moment oh, too. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, and culturally speaking, as you know, somebody who hung out with Mexicanos and and Mexicanos in the family. There was no talk of offense of this person. I mean, maybe it's because we didn't know he wasn't Mexican, or I'm pretty sure it's because they just don't care. Yeah, um, I mean, he's Filipino American, and I think he's played different, yeah, ethnic backgrounds in different parts: Native American, Mexican. Yeah, and I think I think he's a really good actor, and he was in Stand and Deliver too. Yep, playing a Mexican again. Yeah. He, he? Maybe he's an honorary Mexican. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you can write that email to him if you, <laughs> you want. You write him an email that says, yeah. you think he is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dear Lou Diamond Phillips. Uh, okay. when, you, when you guys are arranging your, your dinner uh, uh, mm. meetup or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> your, your lunch meetup. What do you think he likes? You, you think he's a vegan or something like that? Mm-hmm. Have to go to some place that. Well, just go to a place where there's lots of options. Okay. That's okay. Okay, Burger King. There you go. Wait, nailed I, it. I have no place to say this, but I feel like maybe people didn't accept Jennifer Lopez as much as Selena when she did the movie Selena as they did 
Blue Diamond Phillips as Richie Valens in La Bamba. But that's just my personal, like, from a stand-back perspective. How famous was Jennifer Lopez when Selena came out? Because I feel like Blue Diamond Phillips was an unknown quantity. Yeah, maybe. And then that came out and everyone was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, actually. How famous Jennifer Lopez was before that. But I really like both movies a lot, and I've seen them both a lot. I see. I mean, what do I know? But I like them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you want to sell those movies. You know what sells those movies? Soundtrack. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Okay, sorry. And this this one had a a horse scene that, uh, you know what that reminded me of? Of... uh, Lady Hawk. That beginning oh, yeah. part where they're like just jam- dun, dun, dun. we're like going oh, yeah, across the, the electric land. guitar, like Bow. Bow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was another movie with horse riding and, 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 and some very interesting some synth and guitar, synth guitar <laughs> going, going on. on. Totally, a little bit. Uh, also, Jack Plants as well. Wait, he wasn't in Lady Hawk. Oh, I'm sorry. You're My thinking apologies. of Hawk the Slayer? Hawk the Slayer. Other Hawk movie. That also has some pretty amazing... Hudson Hawk. Other Hawk that we recorded about. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done Hudson Hawk yet. That's your pick. Uh, uh, I've changed okay. it from The Paper Boy starring uh, Zac Efron. The Paper Boy. Based on the video game? Yep. That video game is twisted. <laughs> When's Yui Ball going to do that? Uh, no, uh, he was, he was uh, <laughs> on Twitter asking... To, Yelling at Disney saying, hey, put me in for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I've got ideas. Like, no, that's okay, Ooh. guy. That's okay. So, what was your favorite part? Of this movie, my favorite part was... Let's see. I kind of... I think I do like... The part where uh, they first become deputies, you know, they get deputized because everyone in the town is too afraid of uh, Jack Palance because he, he owns most of the town and stuff like that. And he owns the sheriff. So they go on their first trip to go arrest somebody. And for some reason, Dick is just like, hey, Billy, go in there. Check it out. I'm like, oh, OK. He didn't realize he was sending in, you know, a rabid dog or whatever. Yeah, he covers a star, sees a bunch of goobers all over, except for the one goober he's looking for. And they go out to the uh, the group outhouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a big shed where anyone Shared can pee. House. They can all pee at the same time. And uh, he shoots this guy while he's still, still got his pecker out. And then that he sticks the, uh, I don't remember what the, like the, whatever the warrant or whatever into yeah. his mouth. And uh, then a huge shootout happens because of that. Did you see... Um, did I see his like dingus? No, I did not. Region. No. Okay, Th- this was in your mind's eye. I mean, he was <laughs> he was peeing and he turned around. Okay. I don't think he had time to tuck it back in. His trousers were down. Aaron thought he got shot right in it. I thought he got shot in the penis. This is true. <laughs> you just, you I, just want to catch up with us after that Lady Terminator. That was a fun episode to listen to, though. It really was. I was... was punchy when we did that one because I just it was just such a hard movie to talk about you were great don't even worry we were trying to paint a word picture and I think we did a pretty good job yeah yeah (laughs) 
I learned all kinds of things. Anyways, yeah, that was, you're right, Joel, that was a pretty good scene, though. Mm-hmm. My goodness, like... <laughs> yeah. I really did think he got shot in the dick, though. That crazy. That's, I, man, every time... I, I am just starting to like Emilio Estevez all the more every time. Ever since, you know, Repo Man back in the day. Those faces he's making where he's like, ha ha, you know, crazy thing. I wonder if he got this job because of Repo Man. Probably not. Probably. Whatever. What year did Repo, Repo Man come out? I don't know off the top of my head. Aaron, stop trying to make me look bad. Oh, sorry, Joel. Did you have a favorite scene? Uh, my favorite thing about this was probably Emilio Estevez acting. Yeah, when they first set up in the house and stuff, it feels a little bit like other stuff, like Little House on the Prairie or something. You don't really know what's... I didn't know this had anything to do with Billy the Kid. Young Guns or Young Guns 2. I never knew that. I mean, I knew who Billy the Kid was as, like, from history class or whatever. But I didn't know that these had anything to do with historical persons. Um, First lesson I ever learned, Billy the Kid. Lesson chapter one, Billy the Kid. All of American history stems from this moment. (laughs) I could be wrong. So, Emilio Estevez did Breakfast Club in 85. Okay. And he did... I think Repo Man's a 90s movie for some reason. I could be totally wrong. I don't think so. Stakeout and another Stakeout. How many Stakeouts are we talking? He was in Stakeout in 1987. Okay. Young Guns 88. Oh, I see. Young Guns 290. Repo Man's in 84. Oh, okay, so that was even before yeah. Breakfast Club. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's crazy. That they had him play such a different character from the one he was in Repo Man. In Breakfast Man, Club. he was good back then. Jeez. I mean, I assume he's, he continued to be good. I don't... I know he's like a director or something now, so... That's crazy. Yeah. Do you have his favorite bit? Favorite bit in this movie? Um... All of it's just kind of smashed together in my brain right now. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think the most entertaining moment for me was at the end when the lawyer was getting oh, shot yes. with the Gatling gun. Uh, I, I was I was kind of waiting for that moment where, where you know, everything was, uh, you know, just climaxing to. And I <laughs> definitely didn't. De- I, I did not expect that. There was another moment, too, that I didn't expect. I'm trying to. Oh, it was when the first time Billy the Kid shoots uh, shoots somebody or no 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 not the death of the not when he shoots him in the uh, in uh, the guy in the outhouse but but when he shoots his pal uh, oh yeah that well, was the the first the fir- that scene actually took me by, a little bit by surprise he shoots Ke- Kevin McAllister or whatever that character's name is and uh, just like a traitor I guess everybody decided he was a traitor altogether it's like he was acting weird can I wipe these brains off my face. <laughs> that never got clarified. It's like, okay. Macaulay Culkin? <laughs> no, that's what I said. Yeah, I know. His last name was Mick something. <laughs> it wasn't McAllister. Well, it was revealed that he was writing with the... Um... Well, when he first showed up, he said... Uh, when he first showed up at Terrence Stamp's place, he said... Terrence Stamp was like, don't you write for whatever 
uh, Jack Palance's character's name is, and it's like, I used to, they fired me, and I was thinking blah, blah, blah. So, that's how he ends up with the group in the first place, but that's, yeah. It was like a mafia thing. Like, I, I've watched a bunch of mafia stuff, like, recently, I watched the whole Sopranos series for the first time, and it's always like that. It's like, oh, we might have to, we might have to kill this guy, because he might not be with us, or whatever, and then... Like, and they're like, oh, no, it's okay. And then, bang. Like, when they're not expecting it. It's like, why tell them? Why why tell them everything's good and then shoot them? (laughs) Just be like, yeah. Yeah, we know what's going on. We're going to kill you. I want them to run. (laughs) I want them to stay still while they shoot them in the face or whatever. Choke them to death. Whatever Tony likes to do. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like the... The shootout stuff reminded me a lot of other showdowns at the end of Westerns, like, yeah, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and Tombstone and stuff. Um, I don't think I'd want to be there. And I was saying that, that that's one thing I see in common with Westerns and space movies is that I kind of wouldn't want to be in any of those places. Life's not easy in either yeah. of those circumstances. Hardly convenient. <laughs> I've never seen a Western and a thought, oh, I'd like to be there ever. And yeah. It, it's not because it necessarily it's a hard life. I just keep looking at the amount of clothes that they're always wearing and thinking how how disgustingly sweaty I would be all the time. Because I, I'm wearing a freaking t-shirt and jeans and I'm sweating. Oh, and it's like, these guys have to wear layers for some reason, which I still don't. I know it's cold. It is cold in the desert. It doesn't always, it's not always boiling hot, but man, oh man. Like heavy coats and then shirt upon shirt. And that's, that seems uncomfortable. Oh, also the bathing thing. It's not easy to bathe there. No. No. If you wanted to get a peek of Emilio Estevez's uh, buttocks, though, it is in this movie. Ready for, ready to go. Suddenly. We assume that that's his butt. That's true. It could have been a butt double. I didn't. <laughs> could have been a stunt butt. <laughs> stunt butt. Get in there. I mean, how quickly you stood up, there was yeah. no cut right there. I... It seemed like it was his right. butt. Right. going to say. Right. No, they CGI'd in a different butt in there. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this actually falls right in line with my notes. Oh, you were about to talk about his butt? No. No, sir. Uh, uh, the CGI. Oh, CGI butts. Yeah, CGI butts. CGI. Back then, I'm like, uh, flying toasters. Yeah. <laughs> what would this we can make a flying CGI. toaster. <laughs> we can make, we can make a hedge maze. Like a to- toaster. We can make a, a man who mows a lawn. <laughs> oh, a lawn mowing man. Well, the mind's eye, you know. Yeah. It's coming, coming pretty soon, I think. I like how that guy met that girl, and he's just like, we're marrying each other. Yeah. Like one second later. Oh, she went for it. That's the thing. <laughs> so what you got to do. I guess. You got to drop your coat on a lady and then you can marry him. Works every time. Every time. They were already technically married. The The, the whole ceremony afterwards oh. was just a, uh, uh, what's that called? When you have to do it. Uh, the, a formality. Uh, formality. Thank you. Thank you. Words are good. We were just talking about how he was courting her, and the next second, 
It's like, wedding time! Like, he literally sat down in the town, talked to her, put a coat on her, (laughs) and the next scene is him marrying her that night. (laughs) So that character, Charlie, who marries her, I was reading in the trivia... Uh-huh. And if you listen in the audio commentary, apparently the scene where they're all hanging out someplace and he goes to see a prostitute. Yeah. Uh, apparently that was supposed to be a longer scene where uh, it's revealed that that prostitute is actually his mother. Gross. So they didn't. Oh. Like she said, I didn't remember, you know, doing it with you for the first time or something like that. That's not why he wanted to see her. Like they, they hadn't had relations you just didn't reveal that, like, actually, I'm your kid to her. Oh, I see. And that's why it was just, uh, I just want to hold you. So her comment saying that she's had hundreds of men, hundreds of men, you know, you remember me, I don't remember you, kind of, yeah. It's right. supposed to be like, you're my mom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you should have been like, you don't remember me because, no, that would have been weird. Yeah. It was weird anyway. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> like I said, a bunch of incongruous like bits that I guess just laid out the more character development. Right, right. But you know, we didn't get to see what Dirt, Dirty Steve's story was. What's what's he all about? Chewing tobacco. Yep. Also, he's supposed to be dumb as a rock. I, I guess. And apparently, hate, hating uh, being a racist. Yes, yeah, absolutely racist. He loves being racist. <laughs> He loves it. He's a Mexican this, Navajo that. Not many slurs. No, I think about it. Yeah, he kept it pretty, I mean, racist still. But Yeah. Like, the closest thing to a slur in the movie is when Jack Palance is yelling, China! <laughs> Get back here, China! Like, he never bothered to like, come up with a, or call her by her call name. her Mary or something. I don't know. Give her, I mean, if you can't say Yun Lun or whatever her name was. Well, we already knew he was a bad person. Now he's now he's an even worse person. The movie should have been called... Okay, maybe we should all say what we think the movie should have been called. Okay. I, I don't have a different title. What's wrong with Young Guns? Young Guns is good. They're young. They got guns. They're having fun. Oh, it should have been fun, Young Guns. Young, young Fine Guns. The name of the movie should have been Billy the Kid is Crazy. Oh. 100%. <laughs> I mean, would you have gone to see a movie called Billy the Kid is Crazy? Probably still would have seen it. That sounds like an exploitation movie from the 60s. I think it should have been called Regulators. Regulators. Oh, that's a good name. Because that's what they call each other. That's their posse. The movie had not been popular when it was re-released on video. It would have been after the the song had come out. It would have been like Regulators, colon, Young Guns. But you got, you know, lightning in a bottle there with all your your actors and their faces. Heck yeah. It was a moment in time. Mm Mm-hmm. Like The Breakfast Club. True. I like The Breakfast Club a lot more than I like this movie. There's not as much gun violence in The Breakfast Club. (laughs) But there is, you know, that's some deep stuff in The Breakfast Club. Yep. People are all some emotions. Yeah. There's talk of a gun. A flare gun. Yeah, I guess the the last thing I really want to say, talk about, is uh, those horses. Those horses were real cute. Some good horses there, mm-hmm. for sure. Some pigs. Some horses. I think there were some a sheep. pheasant. Oh, yeah, that pheasant. What was with that pheasant? 
Oh, there was multiple pheasants. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there was not one pheasant. They were following it around. Like, what's what's going on with this pheasant? I don't know. We'll never see him again. Like I said, he was the true hero of the movie. I was going to be like Sam Elliott and the Big Lebowski. He's like, let me tell you a tale about young guns. (laughs) (laughs) The narrator, like in the Robin Hood Disney cartoon. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Playing the banjo. The yeah, minstrel. What? Troubadour? Oh, Troubadour. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he's called. Never mind. That's okay. Me neither. He's a rooster. But he could walk around and tell you about stuff. That's true. Yeah. Anything else? Um, I think another another moment I just wanted to bring up, which I thought was pretty fun, was when uh, Billy the Kid was uh, playing coy with the guy in the bar. Oh, about yeah. his identity, you know, asking him, well, what do you think Billy the Kid looks like? You know, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, they say he's a bit of a dandy and that he's a left-handed and, you know, that he's very stylish in his dress and this and that. And, and just, you know, he's just kind of going on smiling, going, okay, okay, yeah, maybe I saw him, you know, out there. He was like, well, just let me know, you know, when you see him. And he looks into the mirror behind the bar and he's like, I see him. He's right there. But, of course, this is after he removes all the bullets out of the gentleman's gun. Because he's like, oh, let me see your gun real quick. Wow, I want to see that gun. And then the gentleman's like, oh, yeah, this I, I killed so-and-so with this gun. Just don't show anyone your gun. Don't don't hand yeah. over your gun. Yeah. That's good advice for now. Don't yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm going to get shot. That's right. By Billy the Kid, specifically. Yeah, Billy Kid shot him. Mm-hmm. I thought you. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was cool. I thought, I thought you were going to say. I just wanted to talk about one more thing. Uh, Terry O'Quinn gets blown away at the end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that is the best moment in this movie. But uh, we were cracking up. Oh, it just kept going in <laughs> slow <laughs> motion, <laughs> and people yelling and falling, and their voices turned deep. Oh yeah, the drug trip. Yes, we, better we talk didn't about talk that. about the. Drug no, talk we didn't about talk that. about the drug trip. That was like straight out of the doors. Yep. Like all of a sudden, let's trip. Some of us are gonna barf. Some of us are gonna say weird things. Some of us are be gonna goofy. have a vision. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a non sequitur. Yeah, I don't even know what it was like. They didn't. I guess they just wanted to have these people, like, vamp around, you know? Like, oh, come on, guys, be funny. Yeah. While you're out there. A moment of levity, perhaps, after the death of their mentor. Yep. I feel like that's also, that's post the first, like, gun battle they had where the guy gets shot because Charlie Sheen's still alive. That's right. And he declines the drug usage. Yep. He says no to drugs. Charlie Sheen in this movie said no to drugs, That's guys. Right. That's right. So he is a good actor. That's all I know. Yeah. Actually, he was pretty good in this movie. Yeah, they were all good. Yeah, yeah I can't they say were. anyone. And I like that uh, Patrick Wayne playing uh, Pat Pat Garrett, John Wayne's son. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've seen him. He was in uh, Sinbad. And the Eye of the Tiger, and that's it's like overdubbed, terrible. Oh, you know, wow. like it, that movie's good for different reasons. <laughs> like it's got some Harryhausen effects and stuff like that. But and this, like, he was kind of doing an affectation that sounded kind of John Wayne-ish. Okay, it was cool. Okay, yeah. Drug trips. We trip, watched Young Guns, 
and I feel like I can check that off my list. <laughs> true. Yep. A true summer film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just watched Backdraft for the first time yesterday, too. So that's like I'm catching up on these movies that were like cultural icons when we were kids. And I feel like they're kind of not a thing anymore. Like nobody's – there are things that were awesome like culturally when we were kids that are still – Something that are like, oh, yeah, that's so good. You have to see that. Nobody's really talking Young Guns. Backdraft, that was like a huge deal, I feel yeah. like, right? No, it was everywhere. They promoted that thing like crazy. Mm-hmm. What? A bad fireman? Oh, no. Spoiler. They could be bad guys? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that was, that was in the promos. Everybody's yeah. lighting fires. The movie. And Kurt Russell, he hates fires. <laughs> But yeah, I'm glad I watched it. And you got to see Donald Sutherland. Oh yeah, two Sutherlands in two days. Mm-hmm. Who's left? The last of the Sutherlands. Wow, is that your memoirs you're writing? It is now. Cool. For me, what yeah. M- memoir for who? Your fanfic on uh, 24. Oh yeah. <laughs> then Jack ba- Jack Bauer turned into a turtle, and uh, the end. Oh, that's good. Mm. It's a good ending. So I'm going to read the outro stuff. You guys uh, think of a lesson that you learned from Young Guns. The movie where Lou Diamond Phillips uh, throws knives at people. Didn't mention that either. He's a knife thrower. He throws... I think he only hits like two people with knives the whole time. Yeah. He mostly pulls knives out of people. Yep. (laughs) Here's a knife. And here's a knife. And here's a knife. Anyway... (laughs) Hey, listener, if you want to write in to us, you can reach us at please don't podcast at gmail.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash PDSMIOS. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, we'd appreciate it if you left us a star or written rating on that or Apple Podcast. Either one works. And if you want to hear more podcasts that are like ours, check out the podcasting network that we're a part of. At eartrumpetaudio.com. There's all kinds of good stuff out there. More new episodes of By the Podcast of Grayskull. There was recently another Pet Cinematary episode, and I saw there was a new They See Me Rolling, too. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I still I still have several episodes to go. You haven't caught up yet. Oh, my God. But I'm enjoying the journey. Oh, that's good. They're good episodes. They're good role players. All that stuff available at eartrumpetaudio.com. All right, did you guys learn anything from Young Guns? Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, there's some lessons. Okay. Lesson number one, movie without Bon John, John Bon, Bon John, Bon Jovi. Bono. 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 A movie without John Bon Jovi is, John a, Bono. is a lesser John movie. Bono. <laughs> a movie of John Bonet Ramsey. <laughs> Rest in peace. Oh, my God. Um, my lesson from this movie is uh-huh. don't shoot your water bucket. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it all went downhill, right? It yeah. really did go all downhill after they <laughs> shot that water bucket. Shoot the water bucket, go to the New Year's dance, and then... Oh, yeah. Don't shoot so many bullets. In general. Yeah. Yeah, unlimited bullets. Bullets are expensive. You can't just, yeah. like, find them. 
Oh, yeah. They were shooting them however they could. I'm just assuming that they were just taking all this ammunition off the dead bodies. Yeah. So they were still, you know, stockpiling their munitions or whatever. I I had some Mm -hmm. casting any bullets. They definitely didn't, you know. Yeah. Maybe they just had movie magic unlimited ammo. One of them was a blacksmith or whatever. Yeah, kept going to the blacksmith. We're going to need 12 more boxes. (laughs) Uh, there's, I mean, there's so many lessons you can learn from this movie. Uh, don't do drugs. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that was a lesson. Don't do, don't do, don't do peyote. Yep. <laughs> um, Unless you are a member of the Native American community, do not do peyote. It seems, yeah, definitely thumbs up on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a lawyer, uh, don't don't hand a deputy badge to Billy the Kid. Don't hand don't hand a badge to a bunch of children. <laughs> uh, these boys will fix it. Uh, come on now. Design design a government with uh, ways to help local people and make them feel safe. Oh, okay. There we go. Corrupt sheriffs, no more. Bring in the Union Army. Anything else? Any other lesson, Aaron? You had a million lessons. Another lesson I learned, bullet to the hand or to uh, the shoulder, doesn't really hurt. A couple days later, you're fine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Emilio Estevez, or, you know, Billy the Kid took like three or four torso wounds. Oh, yeah. To the chest. Like, to the chest. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they didn't go that far. Like, maybe the power of the oh. bullet didn't hit very hard. Yeah, they saved the the, the heavy gun for Charlie and, and for Steve. <laughs> and, of course, Terry O'Quinn doing his dance. That's true. Man. Uh, it's still in my head. Just such a great death. <laughs> it comes out there. Everybody it, dies in slow motion. It's like at the, la- the last minute. It's like it's, it's as if, like, all this regular gunfire had happened in the last second. Last second of the movie, somebody took out a rocket launcher. Like, wait a minute, you had this the whole time? <laughs> oh, if the army is surrounding your house and you're not entirely sure how you're going to make it out, hop inside a chest and have someone throw you out the house so you can surprise <laughs> pop out of it and just start shooting people with like some sort of form of invincibility. It worked that's for him. That's a good idea. Mm. I'm just saying, that's what I learned from the movie Young Guns. <laughs> the lady needs her garments, too. Here's a chest of her clothes. (laughs) We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Adios. Thanks. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.